Now, on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. Who doesn't love a little tee box dysfunction after a major championship? Alongside the Caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast, social media at Maddie and Caddy. Uh, Maddie, the word and, C-A-D-D-I-E, that is both the Instagram and the Twitter, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and, C-A-D-D-I-E. Your engagement with us has been fantastic. Today we will get into the U.S. Open, topics among the U.S. Open, our biggest disappointment, the biggest winner aside from Gary Woodland, the biggest loser. Also, where is the Caddy? Where is the Maddie this week? All in store for you today. Uh, looking forward to today's program. So let's start with, uh, we'll get to the U.S. Open in a second, Caddy, but, but where, where are you coming from as we tape this at 326 Eastern on Tuesday? Yeah, see, I almost did a Roy McElroy because I am in Shaska, Minnesota. Sounds like a soda. Would you like another Shaska? I am at Hazeltine National. This week is the KPMG Women's PGA Championship, and your boy has to record late this afternoon because one of us got to play in the Pro-Am today trying to defend his title, but I played with someone different than who I won the championship with last year. Interesting. Last year I played with Danielle Kang. Mm-hmm. This year I got paired up with last week's winner in Canada, Brooke Henderson. How'd it go? And can I just tell you, her swing is buttery. I'm telling just you. Just buttery. She is so good. And now Canada's most winning golfer of all time. Look at the word After winningest. winningest. Winningest, that's right. And, oh, did I mention I got to put on a U.S. gold medal today? I'm going to post that picture up in a little bit, too. Feel free to I post on with... Maddie and Caddy also while you're doing that. Yeah, I do. You know you know what? Our repost works. Okay. You know what I'm saying? There's a little app called Repost. I don't know how to work it. See? There you go. Like, it's not my fault you're, you're technically declined. <laughs> like me with mechanics. But whatever. Or I'm being just on saying, time to anything. Matt Hamilton let me Matt Hamilton who won a gold medal for the USA um this past Olympics in Pyong Pyong Pyeongchang Pyeongchang is that what that's it was? right yeah I think it's Pyeongchang uh-huh. um I got to wear his medal and he had it with them today out on the golf course and, stuff, and we just had an absolute blast I don't think we won I think we may have secured third. Okay. And there's a chance that I won closest to the pin. Really? On number 13. Which, which okay, so, so everybody realizes here, here at Hazeltine, if everyone remembers the Ryder Cup between Patrick Reed and Rory McElroy, but what you have to remember too is they flipped the nines. So, there, that front nine, those eight holes, which, which I will put up against any Match play eight holes that you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. That was the greatest eight holes of match play ever between Rory and Patrick Reed. That played as the back, that will play as the back nine for the KPMG Women's PGA Championship and did play as the back nine in 2009 when Y.E. Yang beat Tiger Woods. All right. So back to so, the closest to the pin. Closest to the pin on number 13, par three. Uh, 208 yards. Whoa. Or, I'm sorry, 218. Okay. I think 218. And I banged the hybrid 
um, up there to just inside 20 feet. Really? Yeah, and was, was leader in the clubhouse by over 19 feet. So how'd you play today overall? Uh, I gotta find distance off the tee, but other than that, uh, I, nothing feels better than when a pro tells you they're impressed with part of your game. And to have Brooke Henderson go, Mike, your wedge game is really good. Really? Bruh, I was walked. Forget it. I don't even, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even think I want to take any other clubs with me. So, so am I to <laughs> surmise that the wedge game was good because your iron game was not? Well, the wedges are part of the irons, aren't they? Not if you're short of the green. Well, yeah, if you're short of the green because you got a curler who can hit it two, 298 yards. And we're playing the up tees. Hey, so what? what's the format in these pro-ams? It was a full scramble. Full scramble, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah if you're scramble. the guy. No, but to your point, if you're the guy that brings the wedges that day, then you're the guy that brings the wedges that day. There's always the guy that brings the putter or woman that brings the putter in these in these full scrambles that are fun. Yeah. That might be. Is that Brooks right there? Is that Brooke? Oh, you know what? Let me see if she'll. Hold on a second. Oh, this is, Let me see this, is, this is live Maddie and the caddy at its finest. Huh? We are not going to edit this out. Oh, she's doing hers? Uh, so caddy is striking out with and his And Danielle Kang, last year the girl who I won yeah. the championship with. So. Wait, did, so did Brooke just turn you down? Nah, Brooke is just going into the interview room now. I got you. So okay. we might talk to Danielle first because Danielle's waiting to record. She's recording something first right next to us. Danielle Kang. And okay. then I'll I'll grab we'll we'll grab her in right. a second. So we look we look forward to that if, if see if Caddy Caddy's used to striking out with women. We'll see if he does it with the LPGA players Constantly. that are surrounding him. If he can't pull it if he can't get an LPGA guest on the podcast when they're surrounding him, we've got we've got no hope. Which, by the way, as we embark on now our second full year of Madding the Caddy, we just had our one year anniversary. Happy anniversary! We, uh, Happy. How about that? How about that? We we how about that? We teed off with Jack Nicholas, and on the year anniversary, we had no one. So I think things are trending in the right direction. Wait for the U.S. Open, though. When it, but it was early in the week, and there wasn't when I think when we recorded at the U.S. Open this past week. Um. There, Jacker, nobody, nobody was really on site, mm. like at at Shinnecock. So that was a little bit different. Look, although I can happily report, do you know who is now huge fans of ours? Who's that? That would be the Safari people who allowed us uh, the Monday after the PGA Championship, yeah, to record from basically a shipping container. So they listen to us now. Oh yeah, big time! I got a shirt. Oh, what can they Coming. do for us? What can Safari do for us? It's Safari, bro. They do, do you anything? think we're ever going to have internet problems again? No, I don't. See what I'm saying? Well, you did today with your Kodak. For those of you who don't know, Michael travels with his equipment all over the place. And we had started a, our initial version of this pod, and and it sounded like he was a motorcycle and ran full speed into a wall, <laughs> and the Kodak did, just went down. A, I did jacks from Sons of Anarchy. I just basically rode the motorcycle into the front of a truck. Sounded great. Hey, let's get into the it U.S. Open. Sounded, 
Awesome. Yeah, man, let's get right, into so it. First off, how about the wager was a push? Yeah, the wager was a push. We were both equally wrong. Now, I was closer to winning because Tiger was in the top, what, 20-something, and Phil made the weekend. But, yes, right. we were both yes. wrong. So let's That's start. like saying I'm close to being pregnant. <laughs> I was close to pregnant. No, you weren't. No, you, you either were, are you, pregnant you either or you're not pregnant. Either one slipped past the goalie or it didn't. All right. <laughs> right. Just no close. Topic one. We're going to start. Gary, we'll get into because I want Gary Woodland to be his own bullet point. So we'll get into him momentarily because he did win the u.s open and he's worthy of a, an extensive conversation but first Absolutely. bullet point for maddie nakati let's go topic one usga thoughts they got it right they got it right and i'm but they got it right even though i know they were pulling their hair out even though and i know they were pulling their hair out because andy north was losing his mind yeah, watching like the scores. Yep. Watching the scores. He was losing. And the USG is going to be the same way. I literally put a tweet out on Sunday mm-hmm. saying my condolences to all the players next year when they get the wing foot. Yep. Because death is coming. Here's <laughs> death is it's coming. just like an episode, is- episode of Game of Thrones where everyone gets beheaded. But here's <laughs> yeah. hey, you want to go to a wedding? No, no, not I if bet, it's I don't red. think I should. Yeah, I don't think here's I where you're right, and here's where I think it's a bit of a overreaction. I do agree the USGA got it right. You want to know why they got it right? Because we didn't talk about them the entire week, other than hey, the USGA got it right. They were never a topic because they never put themselves ahead of the tournament. Where and I think, because how many guys complained about the setup? Right. That's, None. Yeah, and, and they were all complimentary of it because you know what the USGA did, which they should let happen all of the time? Pebble Beach is a superstar golf course. Let the course be the star. Yes. That's it. It's, and, it's and that Mother simple. Nature, Mother Nature t- basically put, Mother Nature put the USGA in a sleeper hold. And there was nothing that they could do about it because if the temperature's in the 50s, you're not going to speed the greens up. You just can't get them stupid. It's impossible to do with that poana. And the rough is the way the rough was going to be because the week before, it was in the 90s. So, yeah, the rough was bad, but it was playable, somewhat playable. And you were seeing guys around greens being able to hit shots. But when the wind doesn't blow at pebble. Even if you made the fairways as narrow as the walkways off the tee, you're not going to stop the best golfers in the world from scoring. You're just not. So all those people that jumped on social media and were like, this is a disgrace and I can't believe blah, blah, blah. Shut up. All right. Enough. And and here's where you're right. I, I just I don't think. People act like the pros absolutely tore apart Pebble Beach. That's the biggest misnomer in the history of golf. Two oh dudes. Oh, gosh, yes. Two yes. of them. Gary Woodland and Brooks Kepko were 13 under and 10 under. And then it was a host of seven unders, which, by the way, to get to seven under, Shoffley had to go four under on Sunday. There was a bunch of four unders, two unders, three unders. And then there were world-class players like Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, these guys, Ricky Fowler, finished plus two, plus one, plus one. So those are U.S. Open scores. You and I said at the beginning of the week, eight to ten under would be the winning score. We thought that that'd be a perfect winning score. That's about two under a day. Everybody but two guys, Michael, two did that. So it was, the course still well, had teeth. The course was yes, still tough to play. So it wasn't like they took is, advantage of it. 
true, but the complaint is always that the USGA wants the winning score to be right around par. And there were actually 31 guys that broke par. 31 guys broke par and 34 guys didn't. Yeah, 34 guys shot par or better. Yeah, but here's the thing for the old curmudgeons. For the old curmudgeons, 34 guys shooting even par or better just makes their skin crawl. Right. It just makes their skin crawl if you think even par should be the winning score. But as talking to every professional golfer out there, in order to get the best guys in the world to shoot even par, you have to make a golf course unfair. And that's not what... If you're the USGA, that shouldn't be what your goal is. Your goal shouldn't be to make the course unfair. It should just be to identify the best golfer That's right. that week in the world. And I think on a venue like Pebble where you hear person after person after person going, I would be fine if they played the U.S. Open at Pebble every year. Cool, because these will be years where you get 13 under. You know who always gets it right? Well, I shouldn't say always because one year in St. Andrews they did mess up. The RNA. The RNA is when they go to their course is like here's the setup. Mother Nature will dictate what the score yeah, is going to be. Yeah, she'll 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 drive draw the course. Yeah, and that's what happened this year at Pebble. But it's not like Pebble wasn't a challenge. It's not like we didn't see people hitting flub shots. That's what I'm saying. Like, Rory McIlroy was one over on Sunday, finished Gary five Woodland. under. Right. I mean, there were guys out there. There were. I mean, Piercy was leading or close to leading after day one, and then he fell off. It. Pebble Beach did exactly what Pebble Beach was going to do. It had thick rough. If you weren't in the fairway, minus Gary Woodland or Brooks Kepka, you were penalized. And even some of the time, those guys were penalized. If you didn't hit right shots on those very, very small greens, you were penalized. Unless you're Gary Woodland, and you can take a 64-degree lob wedge off a green and stick it tight for a kick-in par. So there were opportunities for the course to do what Pebble Beach does, and it did. It got Tiger early on. If Tiger could putt... He would have been in contention, but he couldn't no. putt. No. I don't think he would have been in contention. And here's and here's what I'll tell you as far as what I saw from Tiger Woods. And this is the Tiger we're going to have to get used to. Unfortunately for us, the fans, and unfortunately for Tiger the golfer, if the weather is not going to get over 70 to 75 degrees, then Tiger's just not going to be there. Yeah, I agree with that. And the, the reason he's not going to be there, if you saw on Sunday all the KT tape that he had on. Yep. On his from the back of his neck down, the reason is at those temperatures when it's in the fifties and you're warming up in the forties, you just you can't get loose. You just can't. And it showed at the beginning of his round. Oh, but but look, you man, start hooking iron shots off of these. You, we were talking about oh, he can just find the fairway with irons. Not if his back won't let up. Well, here's the thing: he fit his best, his worst day from a starting perspective was Sunday, and he shot his best score. 69. He but came see, out with again, bogey, bogey, and then another bogey on five and a double on six. But what happens with Tiger Woods when he's playing like he don't care? He goes low. Every single time. But so I'm, he starts off horrifically and then closes with flares. He just crushes it. But, but the, that's so the putter that, let him down. He was one of the stories where he just couldn't get anything going with the putter. But, again, give credit to some of these guys that found a way to be in contention with how they were finding a way to be in contention. The biggest fool's gold the entire tournament was that Justin Rose was playing well. Justin Rose was playing awfully. He just found a way to scramble every time he got himself in trouble. This dude 
was averaging 24 putts a day. You yeah, what did he have? 20, what day did he have 22 putts? Was that Thursday yeah, or Friday? Thursday he had 22 putts and Saturday he had 23. That's ridiculous. That's just, it's stupid. That's, but that's also one of those where you go, that's smoke and mirrors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he it's was not playing, he wasn't playing well. And it finally nah. caught up to him on Sunday, but the guy that it played well. Will. From start to finish, I think Gary Woodland's one of the better stories we've seen in quite some time. They did a great job detailing it on the broadcast with what he's been through personally with his children uh, and his wife. And they lost it. They they had twins, and and, and they the, the the son was born premature, and they lost the the daughter, the girl. which is, yeah, which mm-hmm. is just an awful story. Uh, the wife is pregnant again, but everything twin you hear- girls. This is where karma is good because. Not only is she pregnant, but she's pregnant with twin girls. So you can speak to this more more than I can because you're out on tour. That and everything that I've heard from people in the game and around the game, you can't find one person that's going to say one bad thing about Gary Woodland. Nah, look, think about how many dudes were there at the end, and how about Brooks Kepka waiting around by the scoring area to give. Gary Woodland a dab and a hug, a bro hug to say congrats. And then I saw Brooks afterwards too, right before he left to, to dip out of town. And, you know, it ain't like he lost the U.S. Open. This dude made a charge and Gary didn't blink. That's it. And so Brooks was not shook up about it at all because if you're going to lose to somebody, you know what I mean? Like you want to lose to a good dude. Yep. Who's playing great golf. So Brooks was like not happy that he lost, but if he was going to lose to somebody, he was happy that it was Gary Woodland and especially the way that Gary Woodland played. And throughout that U.S. Open locker room and throughout the locker room at any PGA Tour event, like you said, you're not going to find someone to say a bad word about Gary Woodland because he is such a cool, down to earth, just, he's a good guy. He's just a good guy. And that and I love seeing that. And I love seeing a good guy do things like go three wood off the deck on the par five fourteenth. Oh, clear dude. the bunker by literally by, a grass blade. Yeah, it was eighteen inches. I mean eighteen that, inches. To have the set of titleists to pull something like that off <laughs> And then to double the sleeve. Well, man, he's got one extra. He's got one extra one. Yeah. I mean, to yeah. pull that off, and then I'm like, oh my God, this guy's nails. And then to do the lob wedge off the green on 17. I mean, it was, here's the deal with, with there wasn't, after Kepka opened with his charge and then kind of fell back, I think we would both agree the drama on Sunday, if we're scoring at one to 10, was what? About a How six long? and a half, seven? A minute. Hold on. Yeah, we got we got live we got live yeah, stuff going on. Yeah, we we got things happening right uh, now. All right, I got some have? I got headphones on cuz I got to ask I got to ask my playing partner from last week. What's up? Or from last year. How why you dissed me? How come you left me? What's up? I got double no laying up and my boyfriend's here. Oh. <laughs> Michael, would you See care what? to inter- introduce your friend to the podcast listeners? Danielle Kang. My boyfriend's here. <laughs> my uh, boyfriend's hit, and, back and uh, <laughs> and he hits it far. He does. So we're seventeen under today. That's why I dish. I saw it. y'all. You were ten under through eleven holes. Yeah, we we accidentally made a par. Yeah, accidentally, hot dog. Oh, man, yeah. hits it forever. Tell everybody who's your boyfriend. Maverick McNeely. Yeah. <laughs> How you gonna get a PGA Tour pro? That's called really bringing in a ringer. I know. 
Hey. Look at you I all proud. Whatever. I'm so proud. But I didn't know he was playing in it. It was a surprise. Are you serious? He surprised yeah, you? he surprised me. I didn't know he was here. That's awesome. I know. All right. How do you like this course? Uh, golf course is good. It's tough. You played it today. It's tough. Yeah. So I'm excited. I think it's tougher than Kemper, to be honest. Yeah. It definitely is. So I'm very excited to play and see how the field turns out. Hey, Danielle, this is, this is uh, Michael's co-host, Matt Berry, out here in, in Bristol, America at ESPN. I, I'm curious, what kind of playing partner is the caddy? Mm, loud. He's the he's the hype man. Is he? Word. I'll take that. He's the hype man. Yeah. He brings the positive vibes, man. That's what you want. It doesn't matter if somebody hits the ball good, if they pot well. It doesn't matter at all. So you basically, vibes. you just that you gotta feel it. that is to golf what someone's saying is like, oh, she's got a good personality, or oh, he's got a, a good personality. No, 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 I'm being serious. No, like, if I look at you and you're in my prime <laughs> group, and I and I ask you over a putt, I say, do you feel it? And you say, I don't feel it. You're out. Done. See? All right, guys. You know what's up? Thanks, guys. Yeah, jump off. Hey, sit tight. I'm gonna hold on. I gotta grab my partner from today. Hold on. Uh, so we're doing. Bo- oh, we've got double live guests. So we've got last year's golfing girlfriend and Danielle Kang, who cheated on Michael this year. So Michael just dropped the headset, and now he's going for Brooke Henderson, who was today's partner. And it, w- it was striking to me as Danielle seemed like she had zero time for Collins. Like she came on there. And was like, my boyfriend's here. I don't have any time for you and your dopey podcast partner. Oh, so now here we go. I believe he has secured the deal. I have secured you have. right here. Okay. I I have. Do a my better job of introducing Brooke than you did Danielle. Well, I mean, that was such on the fly, just grabbing. That was like a grab and go sandwich. Is that the is that the fastest you've run all day? No. Well, maybe it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So. Brooke, let, let, yeah. Brooke, let me introduce yeah, our guest. Our guest is, I can happily say, the winningest Canadian golfer in the history of time after last week's win, Brooke Henderson. This is, <laughs> How's that? Well, doesn't that just sound cool? Yeah, that's really sweet. <laughs> hey, Brooke, what's it like? Hey, are you a Raptors fan? I am. What was that like for you? Oh, that was incredible. You know, my family and I, we watched pretty much every playoff game, and it was just so exciting. And to get the see them get the job done, hoist that trophy for the first time ever, was just insane. Do you like Drake? <laughs> I do. You do? I he do. didn't because he was. Oh. Will you admit that he was kind of annoying? Uh, I don't know. I think it's all opinions. <laughs> <laughs> she's Canadian, and they yeah. just won the yeah, NBA Finals. She and she that. just won in Canada. She's like, nah, Drake can do whatever he wants, whatever he wants. I'm cool with that. Drake should be put on the state flag. Um, <laughs> so, Collins, the, the caddy tells us today that you complimented a part of his golf game. Which was that? Was he telling the truth? The wedges. <laughs> Yeah, they were amazing. Really. I see. You, you thought I was the, you lying. You gave her the answer. You didn't let her answer. Well, no, she looked at me and laughed because I was like, well, I know it ain't the driver. <laughs> no, they were really good. I was really impressed. Yeah, I hit a couple of wedge shots that was nice. One of them I put a lot of spin on, and everyone looked all surprised. I got Google eyes <laughs> with the spin on one. They was like, yo, how did you know how to spin it like that? I was like, well, it's kind of by accident. Not really, but... <laughs> What kind Just of plane? Saying. What kind of plane partner is he? Break him down. Um, I know I had so much fun today. We had such a great group, and yeah. he definitely kept things light out there. We made quite a few birdies out there too. Yeah, and key wedge shots. 
Wed Johns at the right time. Yeah, I'm not good. saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying. It was fun. You know, he, I tell you what, like why Brooke is such a great playing partner too in a pro-am is because we got three chops and we'll all think we're going to make a putt and we'll all miss it. Yeah. And then she steps up when you absolutely have to have that putt. She is so money. She is so money. That's why I she's told the pro her, and you're the end. Well, yeah. But see, here's the thing. And I told her today, I knew I knew when she won her first, her first major championship was this KPMG. But it was at Valhalla in Seattle. And so I told her she did a move that was so gangster. And it gave, it gave me goosebumps watching her do it. And that was on the 18th in regulation. I'll tell the story again. We talked about it today on the course. On the 18th in regulation... She's tied up with Lydia Ko, and she has a like an eight-footer, and it's not an easy putt just to save par. And you put the ball down, looked at the line, and then backed up and stared at the scoreboard. Like, what were you? I got to. I'm sure you remember that because all <laughs> golfers remember every shot they've ever hit. But like, what what's going through your head when you're going through that? Because for me, on the outside, I was like, that's just gangster. You staring the scoreboard down. Waiting to see what Lydia does on 17. Yeah, you just kind of knew you had to make it after that. Right. And was able to knock it in and then win in the playoff, which was pretty cool. Man, I'm telling you, once she made that putt on 18, the place went ballistic, number one. And I was like, somebody who can stare down a scoreboard like that and then step in and knock the putt in at perfect speed and perfect line. I was like, this is over. I turned to one of the KPMG people and was like, look, I'm sorry, but it's over. <laughs> they were like, it's going to be a playoff. Yeah, but it's over. You don't understand. That's Vin- you like Vince Carter in the dunk contest. <laughs> you could have done the it's over thing. All right, what was the best shot you saw today? Because um, we played with David, the, C- the CFO of KPMG. We played with Matt who is the Olympic gold medal curler, and you play with a short, fat dude. It looks kind of like Tyrone Claus, Santa's cousin. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There was a lot of good ones out there. Matt hit a long way. He hits it far, right? Mm, really far. He hits it far. He gets crooked, though, sometimes. <laughs> a little bit. He gets a little crooked, which is funny. Okay, how about this one? What's the worst pro-am shot you've ever seen? Because I know we've – from caddying for so long, and you being in the pros, I know you see some people. You're like, maybe have you ever thought of bowling? <laughs> uh, I think I've actually seen a shot go backwards. Oh, that's a good <laughs> so. one. Those are the best ones. Those are actually the best ones. A little rough. You like playing in pro amps because we always debate. I mean, it's part of the job, and you get to meet some really interesting people. But what what do you like or dislike about pro amps? Uh, I actually think they're a good way, one, to make connections with really cool people. Uh, you know, playing with a gold medalist today is pretty sweet. Getting to hold a gold medal, that's pretty cool. Um, also, just being able to see the golf course another time in kind of a different setting than just practicing. You're a little bit more competitive trying to make birdie putts and trying to hit it close. Yeah, so how much prep are you doing for the actual tournament when you're playing like ha- with hacks like Michael? <laughs> well, today was actually the first time I've seen this golf course. Oh, wow. So, you know, just trying to you know take notice of a few things and seeing when their ball landed in the rough, how it reacted, things yep. like that. <laughs> Which you got to you see a lot. Plenty, I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, you want to see how a ball reacts in the rough? Watch our tee shots. We're going to show you everything. You're going to see plenty of this golf course. Don't worry. That's the thing that's hard, too, because you have to really balance, especially after winning last week. Like, winning takes a lot out of you. So there's a a real good balance that you have to make between practicing and grinding to learn a golf course, but yet giving yourself enough energy for the rest of this week, right? Yeah, for sure. So 
I mean, coming in sort of later to this championship, usually I would like to take a look at it on Monday, but it's sort of more of a rest day for me uh, this week. So, you know, seeing the golf course today was really key, and, you know, I think I, I learned a lot out there. Going into tomorrow, practice, and then take the afternoon off maybe and rest up. Like, uh, so I'm mentally sharp going into the weekend. Yeah, that's the nice thing about Tuesdays having pro-ams. Mm. One thing I always wanted to ask you, what's the coolest thing you've gotten to do being you? Like where someone was like, yo, let's ask Brooke Henderson to go do blah. And you were like, yeah, I would love to. Floor seats at the rafters? Why, of course, I'd love. Uh, I mean, I've been given a lot of amazing opportunities. I think going on a yacht was probably one of the coolest things for me. Where? Uh, in Florida. So it's like out around the Caribbean or something? Um, <laughs> no, just around the, the coast of Florida, but it was pretty sweet. It's a yacht, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a lot of selfies. You did it. Yo, Brooks on a yacht. What up? That's right. Was it That's Drake's funny. yacht? No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever met him? No, I haven't. Would you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you. Yeah, I would. Yeah. He's all right. I mean, he's all right. He's better than DJ Khaled. <laughs> I mean, so, so what kind of music are you into? I actually love country music, but Drake's an exception. Oh, so country's the thing. Yeah. Oh, see, that's it's West Side Canada, though. Um, well, I mean, Ontario, but you're close to Ottawa, right? Yeah. Which is kind of Middle West. <laughs> All right, who's your country person? Who do you like the most in country? Uh, I really like Reba McIntyre. Whoa, oh, yeah. you're going country. classic. I like old it. Old school, man. That's old. What? Where, All right, that's solid. Where are you in new school? Like Eric Church? Are we doing uh, Luke Bryan? Uh, Thomas Rhett. Thomas, Thomas Rhett. Rhett. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I am ai didn't think I would ever say this in my life, but Darius Rucker. Oh, yeah. Who knew that he was going to be that good at doing country music? Yeah. But I he's solid. Well, cool. All right. I know. I, I bugged you for long enough. Thanks for hanging <laughs> hey, out Brooke, for a little thank bit. thank you. Cool, thanks. You're going to have a great week. And look, you, you can get two in a row. Why not? Be greedy. Yeah, I will be. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Try, try to sleep off everything you saw on the course today so it doesn't get... Maddie said try to sleep up. off everything you saw on the course today. <laughs> she just laughed. <laughs> yeah, Brooke Henderson. See, man? There you go. I'm just be grabbing it. I'll be just grabbing people. Hey, come here. Sit down. Yeah, Put this headset on. I'm like, God, if I don't say yes to this, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> he's, he's giving me this psycho eyes. Uh, no, about, thanks, no, thanks to Brooke about, and Danielle. That's great. And here's the thing. So Danielle Kang is has been dating PGA Tour pro Maverick McNeely, who I thought they knew that this was going to be put together. But apparently Maverick just showed up to surprise her and played in the Pro-Am today with her. And she played in the group right in front of us. You know how many, and, how many boyfriend points he has now? What? And he was it, – it's not even fair. As a PGA Tour pro, he he played the up tees. I bet he's – He probably you know drove seven greens. He has a – he definitely has like a guy's trip coming up that she doesn't know about yet. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so no, that's no. Why, yeah. Remember, remember when just, I surprised you with the pro-am? Yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah. I'm going to Vegas. Time for me to cast that chip. That's it. Speaking of Vegas. That's all he's doing. <laughs> He's just building house equity. You just building equity Maver- right there. Ma- Maverick's just like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show up. I'm going to surprise Danielle. I'm going to play. We're going to win. And then when I drop it on her, she's going to be upset. I'm going to be like, you know what, honey? I just did you a solid. Don't worry about it. All and right, they, so- they, they dominated. Like I said, they dominated the pro-am. I bet I they mean, did. It just was, it's just you can't have an am. You can't have a pro that's an am. But it was for them. It was pro pro. That's, what That's I'm like talk about power couple on the golf course. That would be 
that would be a that would be a couple that if you had a major championship and you were like, all right, who's going with who? I, I would bet on those two the whole time. So, either way, this course is. I will say this course is definitely back in major championship form again. Yeah, Even after the Ryder Cup, it's it's a this course is just money. I wish I could have seen. I, will, it. I mean, look, it, it sounds like I've never I've never seen Hazel teams. So that I bet oh, that was a treat. It is. It is absolutely. These I, greens are perfect. I got to get the Michael Collins schedule, and then I'll be uh, I'll be good to go. All right. Hey, Maddie. Yo. You ever have problems getting seats at events? I have. Me too. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I was struggling trying to go to a show when I wanted to took and took my boys to see Hamilton on Broadway. Mm-hmm. If I'd have known, if I'd have known then what I know now, you know, because I know now. I learned about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats, it's an online event ticket marketplace, so it's just dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last last a lifetime, which, you know, you can have that experience, and trust me, if you want to go to a sporting event, if you want to go to any live event whatsoever, you got to hit up Vivid Seats. It's really cool to watch events live in person. It's just so different than on television. Any kind of event, whether it's sporting, whether it's a concert with music, whether it's a play, whether it's a show, seeing something live is seeing it right. And Vivid Seats offers great prices and easy purchasing. It's an easy experience. It helps fans find seats to any of their favorite live events, sports, concerts, theaters, you name it. And guess what? Because of our podcast, we're going to give people 10% off. Mm. It's their first purchase on Vivid Seats. 10% off. Here's what you got to do. Use the podcast code GOLF. G-O-L-F. When you do that, you get 10% off your first order. You're welcome. That's how it works. So it's easy. Anytime that you need to get seats to an event, a live event, concert or sporting Anything to see something in person. What? Brooke Henderson wants to see Drake. I bet she could get her tickets on Vivid Seats. And if she uses the code GOLF, she gets 10% off. What are you going to see? Vivid Seats. Giddy up and go see something live and in person. And tell us it ain't better. All right. Vivid Seats, take care of us. Take care of you. Uh, our thanks to them for the support. So we <laughs> so we talked about USGA. Uh, we talked about Gary Woodland. And what a great guy he is! I do. Can I can I rain on Woodland's parade just to, for just a little sprinkle? If you little. let me praise him one last time by saying this after talking to his caddy Brennan, yeah, and this is one of the things too where even in Gary, I'm sure would would say the same thing. Gary may not have had a major on his resume, but he had a caddy who did. And That's even right. though Brennan With said Mike it was Weir complete, back at the Masters. 2003 and Mike and I talked to Brendan about that and he said it was completely different but both of those guys leaned on one another Gary kept Brendan real real cool and Brendan having that major in his back pocket especially the Masters also gave Gary the confidence to stay cool but Brendan said it felt like every time they got into trouble they just figured a way to get out of trouble that's right and so, like, when he hit that, like, you can call it a shank out of the bunker. It's exactly what and he And it did. goes flying across the green and then chips in to save par. Or on the on the par 3 12th hole, 
uh, same thing. Hits a terrible shot and get and then or it was twelve where he hit the shank out of the bunker. Yeah, and then thirteen. Thirteen where, was the long putt. And hit a horrible chip first, and then, <laughs> and then but, dropped. But when he's saving shots like that, you're like, oh my god! Like because I mean, Brendan said he knew it was their week. Yeah, th- but think about that for a second. Think about that. You're talking about probably at that point, at worst. Let's just say at worst. I mean, you're you might. Maybe a two-shot swing, three-shot swing, or at best oh, two-shot swing. That's what I meant. Easy. At best, you're thinking easy. this guy's going to lose two. Yep. And he didn't lose one. And, yeah, that that's when you had to know the momentum was there. But, hey, look, I'm going to sprinkle on it just a touch. Okay. Just that I know that Tiger was 12-under in 2000 at Pebble Beach when he won the U.S. Open. And I know Woodland <sighs> beat that score at 13-under. But it's not the same. It's the not. I mean, score-wise, score wise, he was a stroke better. But it... There was some talk of like, was this performance better than Tigers in 2000? The answer is no, and no. it's no by a long shot. That's not taking anything well, away from Woodland. It's no, just, no, it's, it's no. not. No, it's not no by a long shot, but it is no. But it's not no. See, the reason that people here's the thing: when Tiger did what he did in shot twelve, he was the only guy under par. That's right. That's right. Right. So that like, but the difference is. The guys who are on the PGA Tour right now, as a group collectively, are better than the guys that Tiger beat in 2000 that's at all, that U.S. Open. That's also they're right. They're just – look at that. People are clapping like they agree with what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you finally no, got someone just, to agree with you. That's in the interview room. <laughs> you should have just um, let the joke hold. <laughs> no. But what I'm saying is, like, people who want to try and compare that kind of stuff, it's it's not apples to apples. Number one, the course was playing completely different. It was dry and stupid, firm and fast, and it was a hot. Te- it was hotter temperatures than it is now. Yeah, but like, think about just here's the perfect example: the par five sixth hole, that amazing shot that Tiger hit out of the rough on the right hand side with a seven iron from two hundred and six yards that no one would even think to try and hit. Blah 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 blah. Guess what? Today, there's no rough on the right hand side at all. Yep. All the rough is left, which wasn't there before. So it's like the, just that hole in itself with an iconic shot that Tiger hit wouldn't even be available today for any of these guys to try and pull off. No tree, no rough. No, this is a completely like the course is completely different. And like I said, these guys are better golfers. So the fact that there were 34 dudes at even or better. It's not taken away from anything that Tiger did, but it should just be a testament to how good golf is right now. The problem is nobody likes to talk about it that way. Everyone likes to jump on the old man, get off my lawn, and you guys don't understand how good Tiger was. <laughs> Shut up. That's not how it would be. If these guys were playing, if the guys today were playing against Tiger in 2000, yep. there might have been 15 guys under par. I agree. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay. Breathe, everybody. Breathe. It's okay. So, look, 13 under, remarkable score, a remarkable U.S. Open. I'm so glad the U.S.J. stayed the hell out of the way and we had a good course. But coming up next, what we'll do is we'll talk about our biggest winner from the weekend, aside from Gary Woodland, biggest loser from the weekend, harsh term, but you know what I mean, and then we'll get into uh, the upcoming week. But first... I do want to tell you, summer is here, and you know what that means. It's barbecue season. And if you're like me, you'll be serving your friends and family incredible meat from Butcher Box. And let me tell you something. Caddy, I won Father's Day because of Butcher Box. 
They sent me this beautiful box of meat, and I grilled it, and I grilled the hell out of it on Father's Day. I grilled yeah. steaks. I grilled chicken. I grilled grass-fed beef. I put some marinade on it. I made sliders with it. It was awesome. I I, I, I grilled. I was to grilling what, what Gary Woodland was to Pebble Beach. It was fantastic. Butcher Box Champion. has over 20 different cuts of meats uh, to choose from. With customizable boxes and a variety of other options to choose from. They sent me pork. They sent me steaks. They sent me beef. They sent me maple-cured bacon, which, by the way, Caddy, fried in a skillet, put it in my Bloody Mary. Oh, I did man. it. Butcher Box bacon and a Bloody Mary. Have at it. So here's what we want you to do. Butcher Box is offering new members free bacon for the life of your subscription. I'm going to read that again. ButcherBox is offering new members free bacon for the life of your subscription. Plus $20 off your first box when you sign up at ButcherBox.com slash Maddie. You heard right. Free bacon for the life of your subscription. Plus $20 off your first box at ButcherBox.com slash Maddie. ButcherBox.com slash Maddie. Win the weekend like I did with a box of meat that you can grill. Put your spatula in your pocket and say, you know what? I did this. We'll have more coming up next on Maddie and the Caddy. So I've decided I'm going to change the vernacular. Instead of biggest loser, we'll go biggest disappointment. So would you <laughs> well, like that's to, easy. All right, so would you like to start with yep. uh, disappointment or biggest winner aside from Gary Woodland? Disappointment. Okay, let's go disappointment. I'll take the tea uh, box. I'll, I'll take the tea box on disappointment to start off with because we might have the same person. Yeah, I'm sure we probably do. Dustin Johnson. Ooh, okay. No, we don't. Dustin Johnson, by far, was the biggest disappointment of the U.S. Open. He was installed as a favorite before Brooks Kepka. He was he was he was the tournament favorite before the odds changed a little bit, and he just never could get it going. And for this guy now, he was a disappointment at the Masters. He was a disappointment of the PGA Championship. And now for the third consecutive majors, we're talking about a world-class player with as good a talent as anybody in the world, and he just hasn't come through. And but here's, th- here's what I don't understand. Here's my question for you then. All right. If DJ is a disappointment at the Masters and he's a disappointment at the PGA Championship, why would you believe that he was going to do something different at the U.S. Open? That's, look, that's a great question. I don't understand. I don't know. I, when when someone told me that when we went through the whole like I did the 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 uh, gambling show that we have, um, daily wager, the daily wager. Come on, yeah, learn, learn, yeah. learn our pro. You work at the network. No, I mean sir. Doug's my boy and learn stuff like the that. Programming. But I know it's Doug because he's my no, boy no, too. No, I'm sure I always is. forget daily wager. I want to call it like daily betting, but yeah. I know that ain't right, right. so well, I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. All right, daily wager. So I'm on daily wager. And they're and I'm reading these numbers and I'm like, well, why? I don't understand. Why is Dustin Johnson a favorite? Oh, but he won here once before. That's a, a while back. Like Phil Mickelson won there earlier in the year. How come he ain't the favorite? I just didn't understand it. My biggest disappointment was the dude who was ranked second as the favorite going in and who actually showed signs of brilliance, but then went back to the guy that we were used to seeing and not the guy who won in Canada, Rory McIlroy. Yeah, gosh, Rory is, yeah. Yeah, he was my pick yeah. on ESPN.com. I'm with you. Like Rory, but at least he flirted at with least it. Rory, yeah, but here's the thing. 
I, I guess the term peak too early really is true because Rory, there were times when it was like, okay, he's here we go. He's going to get – and as soon as you start thinking, okay, here we get Never mind. All right, forget it. Yeah. He could <laughs> never go back to the kids and start making a sandwich. He would never go on – he would double, and then he would hit two birdies in a row, and then he would double. Yeah. It was like one step forward, two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. And so – for me, Rory was Rory was a bigger disappointment to me than Phil, even though on this program I picked Phil to miss the cut, you know, because it's Phil and it's the U.S. Open. So, I mean, he made the cut, but... Mm, yeah, he man. never really... I mean, every once in a while he would he would maybe tease you a little bit. And that was just it with Rory. Like, I, you know, I thought Rory was going to come in. He found something at the RBC and he was going to come in and have a great tournament and win, yes. win the U.S. Open. At least he gave us some teases about where he can go low. D- DJ just never did anything. But DJ played like DJ did at the Masters and the PGA I know. Championship. I know. He's not having Which, it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't – I'm anxious to see. The one – the major that we're going to next is like anybody who says like, you know, this – it's easy to pick an open championship. Uh, well, unless you – Unless you are psychic well, as far as the weather goes, yep. and we're going now to a golf course that no one has seen for a major championship in 60, 71 years. What well, was 1948 was the last time that they were back there or something crazy? It's like, I don't, I don't understand how you make the favorites sometimes the way that the favorites are made. But that's also the beauty of the sport of golf. The One of the things I love about golf is it's impossible to, to sit there and go, well, yeah, it's obvious this dude's going to rock it because well, he's done this. It's like there are guys that stand on the driving range on a Wednesday and you go, that dude didn't miss one shot and he is going to smoke this golf that's right. course. And he'll do it in practice. And then from – from the first to the fifth hole, you're like, this dude ain't going to make the cut and can't keep it on the planet. How is that even possible, golf? Yeah, so we'll, you're right. I'll be interested to see who they install. I'm sure Kepka's going to be the favorite going into the Open Championship. You um, think so? I, yeah, I mean, he has to be at this point. Um, so, yeah. I that, guess so, that, but. That, that's interesting. Both had different disappointments, but both justified in what we saw out of two world-class players who really didn't wow anybody. Uh, throughout the week at the U.S. Open. All right, who is your biggest winner other than Gary Woodland? I have two. All right. Ready? All right, yeah, go ahead. Number one, I'll start from the bottom. Okay. T9, Cheston Hadley. Cheston looked good. Swing looked good. He was long. It looked good. It was – there's nothing like having the the balloon, the uh, wiggly, squiggly balloon guy. From outside a used car place, playing great golf and doing the snap <laughs> finger, like it's so funny. It's I, so true. This is the this is why I love Cheston. Cheston is six foot six, six five, and maybe weighs one hundred and forty pounds. Maybe. Man, how long? How and much? Maybe buck forty. No way. Yeah. Just that height alone, he's a buck no. seventy. Oh no 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 no! He still wear, his waist is maybe a twenty eight. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Imagine six four with a twenty eight inch waist. And the best is he's sponsored by Bojangles Fried Chicken. Good for him. And I said to him, I was like, dude, 
Bojangles, seriously, come on, man. It's one of my favorite fried chickens other than Publix. But you can't be sponsored by no Bojangles. And he looks at me and goes, imagine what I'd look like if I didn't eat fried chicken. 6'4", 165. 6'4", 165 if he's wearing all of his clothes, including rain suit and heavy title and heavy foot joys. That's who he, that's what he's listed at. Yeah, that's a lie. The height is right. The weight, not so much. I guarantee he's not that. I, I would put money that he ain't that heavy. I just, so he's, he's my number one seeing him because, because he finished tie for ninth, it automatically qualified him for the U.S. Open yep, next year. Yeah, then they'd go through that qualifying again. Correct. And so seeing a guy like that, you know, who I've actually played in a program with in New Orleans and is another really nice guy whose game seems to be trending mm-hmm. in a good way. And I would love to see him get back in a winner's circle again. I think this pushes him towards that. But my biggest winner. No, no, no. no. Let me get, no, 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 come on, come on. Let me, let me get mine in. Oh, go ahead. Before well, you okay, get yeah. two, you're not you're doing two. Sorry, I'm not trying. Sorry, I'm not trying to be greedy. Victor Hovland. Oh yeah. By the Amateur way, we got to no let me more. tell you what's going on outside the studio. When I get the PGA here, they're getting a tour right now because it's Travelers Week. Yeah, so I got a bunch of kids out here. I'm gonna take a picture of you guys. Wave, ready, ready, wave. See the video? I'm waving. We're gonna put this on the Instagram. How they're all out here waving? I'm like, I'm literally inside a a cage right now. Like You're the, inside uh, a fishbowl. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm in. So if one of those is a player, just tell him, poke his head in and say, what's up? I think it's it's the uh, the important people. It's actually the executives, I believe. Oh, okay. Never um, mind. We don't need them. But uh, Hovland was my winner because he was oh, an amateur. showed out. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State got a lot of, a lot of pub. Um from, from And him the being, pressure of that pairing from Thursday That's what Friday. I'm saying, but he came out of the gate. He came out of the gate. He went. He went low early, and then <laughs> he, he kind of sputtered Brooks a little bit. But that's what I'm saying. Like Hovland to me, going pro now and doing what he's able to do, he set himself up. Set the lowest AM record ever. Broke Jack Nicklaus's record, I believe, in 1962. Everything that he was able to do on that type of stage is incredible. I think he was and the he biggest. Was, he was one shot out of being invited back next year and, to, without going through everything. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope he didn't agree to an apparel deal or anything like that until after the U.S. Open because he's got a lot more leverage the Monday after than he did the Friday before. Oh, absolutely. And you know what I was thinking, too? So, And someone might have said something about this before, but you know who was caddying for him? His coach. Coach from Oklahoma State. About to get now, on that last bag. Time, <laughs> the last time the coach caddy for a player, Timmy I seem to remember Tim Mickelson yeah. and John Rom. Head coach at Arizona State. You former. Yeah. Former head coach at Arizona State. Now caddy for Phil Mickelson after leaving Arizona State to go caddy for John Rom. I was looking at that caddy and was like, yo. This might be the last time we see that dude wearing Oklahoma State gear, too, because this kid, you want to talk about showing some titles. I'm telling you, what? he was a winner. He he did he did himself a lot of good this week at the, at the U.S. Open. Who's your who is yeah. your second winner? My big my the biggest winner for me for the week was was Ches Reevy. Hmm. Ches Reevy Arizona State in third. Ches Reevy. Yeah, finishing in third at minus seven was proof positive that Pebble Beach is is not just a bomber's course. That he Ches Reevy is a tactician. Yep. Around the golf course. And and he and 
the setup that the USGA had allowed someone like Ches Reevy to accentuate his ability to dissect a golf course in those type of conditions. And I pray that guys like Ches Reevy are allowed to do things like that in U.S. Opens in the future because he can shape that, the ball. Yeah, man, that would just be. It's just nice to see not just the dudes who can throw it 320 in the air be successful. I'm with you. Because I want there to be hope for not just the monsters that are going into college or coming out of college, but I want there to be hope for the guys who aren't six foot tall and weigh 240 pounds. See, they agree with you again. Man, when you're having a drop of. I, I'm just having one of them. You're good having days, a day, man. Points. I'm dropping knowledge, bro. You could I'm give a you could give knowledge. a TED talk today. I'm with you. <laughs> Maybe Look, this is that's what we do, man. The Sun Devil Seven. That's what we did this week. Mickelson and Rom and and uh, uh, Paul Casey. It's we we were good this week. Um, John Rom showed out too, but he did. I love what Ches really did, man. It was really really Chaz, good. So it, look, congratulations to the U.S. Open and the USGA. Uh, they finally stayed out of the way uh, for the first time in the past couple of years, and we had ourselves a U.S. Open. All right, let's quickly before we get out of here. Uh, your week will include what? 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 Uh, I will be here at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship in Hazeltine for the rest of the week. Okay. Um kind of doing some interviews and uh hanging out i'm actually emceeing one of the events tomorrow evening uh outside the skills challenge which is a lot of fun which i'll never forget i wish jarena pillar was here or maybe we'll maybe we'll get her to call in sometime okay and i'll let her tell you about how she tried to call me out and embarrass me because she hit a flub shot and I took her club right-handed, and one hand embarrassed her. Oh, that a boy. So, right. yeah, you know, got I got you know, every every now and then I got to show what I can do. You know, just got to show what I can do. So I'll be here in Hazeltine for the rest of the week, and then I get to fly home for a day on Monday. All right. So I uh, I was just happy I made it because I didn't get here last night until three o'clock in the morning. Oof. So I'm on do I'm doing this podcast and played in the pro-am literally on two hours on a little bit less than two hours of sleep i feel awful for you no you don't you're right i don't <laughs> i um for the second consecutive year i'll be on the uh, george lopez bag at the pro-am at the travelers yes. so we're, <laughs> we're gonna run it back again yes. so that uh that's that's wednesday at the travelers weather permitting I'll be on. I'll be on the Lopez bag again. We'll see if we can't run it back. What's the forecast look for you there? Not good. It's it ra- it rained all day today. Really? It rained all day today, and then tomorrow there's supposed to be a little bit of rain, but thunderstorms Thursday and Friday. Ugh. Yeah. E- By the way, you got, uh, do you have rain gear? Yeah, I've got rain gear. Good, good rain gear. That's important. No, I don't have good rain gear. I've got rain gear. I've oh, got. A, I've got. Yeah, we'll see. I've got an umbrella and a rain, a rain jacket. 
if Corey Pavin tries to give you some rain stuff, don't accept it. <laughs> he might he might be Sorry, one of the Corey, vendors on the man, outside of the road on. trying to sell it. Uh, and for you those ain't you never living that Ryder Cup down, <laughs> those of you download uh, downloading this on Tuesday, Phil Mickelson has just posted a video called "The First Edition of Fireside with Phil." <laughs> And I kind of want to play it through my phone onto the microphone just to hear what it is. I don't know if we're allowed. I don't know either. That's why I'm not going to do it. Go yeah, follow Phil Nicholson. It looks really Please, Phil, this is why years ago I lobbied so hard to get him on social media because I knew how much fun this guy was going to be. And he fought me on it and fought me on it and fought me on it. And now that he's doing it, he loves it and has a good time, even though he does admit that he's got a guy. Who has to like everything has to be vetted that he does, which is hilarious too. By the way, I just got the roster of who was on the tour that walked by. Uh, Josh Teeter, Ryan Armor, Nicholas Armor, Patrick Armor, Adam Long, Michael Kim, Andrew Putnam. Ooh, okay. They were covered by all their kids. <laughs> we could. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get him in. All right. Man. Everybody enjoy right. their week. Caddy, have a great time out there at Hazeltine. Oh, uh, we will absolutely. we will regroup soon. Uh, again, wonderful U.S. Open. Last major championship of the season. Oh, by the way, you know what? That's next week. We're going to talk about that next week. Why this new schedule is fantastic. No, it ain't. It sucks. I know. That's fine. Just wait. You think it's fantastic, and I say it sucks, and I'm going to win this argument next week. And it's easy. Okay. This is an easy win for the kids. Look, I know what you're coming with, and I'm going to do more research than you know to prove you wrong again. There ain't a – look, man, there ain't enough time for you to be on Wikipedia if you started yesterday. I'm going to go to a Grand Meister in the Citadel to come on. All right. I'm going to have some kind of Meister here in Minnesota <laughs> as soon as we're done. And yeah. then I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah, it starts, with, it starts with Jaeger. Yeah. No, no Jaeger, man. Jaeger Meister. No, no Jaeger, man. Jaeger, I don't, I don't, nah, me and Jaeger don't get along. Actually, we get along, but Jaeger makes me think it's a good idea to get my behind whoop. Oh, no. All right. Well, no yeah. starting fights. I bet Brooke Henderson no. would whoop your ass. Alongside you know the what? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. As Brooke Henderson, I mean, you, everybody knows what she looks like, right? I bet you in a fight she would hockey yeah. beat the snot out of There's people. There's no question. Like, that's why I love her to death. She would. She is very. She would grab like, your beard and hold on to it while she's beating you in. One hand would have my beard. The other hand would probably pull the shirt over the top of my head so I couldn't see the punches coming. Yeah, it would be. It would be a quick fight. It'll be a, I'm not gonna lie, it'll be a quick fight. But look, everybody, watch the KPMG Women's PGA Championship so you can see how Hazeltine National is set up. Because it's gonna be interesting to see how it's different compared to when the men played it, when the Ryder Cup was here, and now that the women are playing it. But the course is absolutely stunning. So make sure you watch it. And for all you hack chops out there, you ain't never gonna hit it like Brooks. Gary, DJ, or Rory. But you know who you can hit it like? You can hit it like the women out here. And if you do that, you'd be a great golfer. I've said it to anyone who will listen. If you want to build a perfect swing, watch the women. That's it. Amen. That's it. Watch the women. Cancel your arms out. Make it all body. You'll win the day. Alongside the caddy, 
Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This has been Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.